1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. So, uh, let's go back to uh, James chapter 1. James chapter 1. And we were saying last Wednesday, don't just be a hearer of the word and don't be like some who forget what manner of man or woman they are in Christ. James 1, 22 to 24. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forget forgets what he looks like. And uh, it's really odd in a way for the New International Version to be more blind to us than other translations. But that, that can be the case. Uh, there are certain passages where the NIV just doesn't do the word justice. You understand, these are translations. And uh, I hope you understand, when you move from one, from one language to another, um, it's a balancing act. Because if you're precise, for example... The New American Standard Bible is probably the most precise modern translation of the Bible, but it makes it nearly unreadable. I mean, if you don't believe that, uh, just get something online and go home and read two or three chapters in the New American Standard Bible before you go to bed, and you're like, huh? I mean, it's because... When, and then the, the balancing act from precision is readability. And there have been efforts to do modern translations that are very readable, but they give up accuracy. So it's a balancing act. And I, I know a little Greek. I've, I've forgotten most of what I know, but I know enough to look things up. But uh, Austin and I know people that can sit there and read the Bible from a Greek New Testament. And uh, that's a gift. And then also, you know, they stayed with it. And uh, I've been busy. Amen. So... Uh, but I can look stuff up. But it says, after looking at himself, goes away and immediately, immediately forgets what he looks like. Well, that's, that's kind of blind to us. King James in verse 24 says, For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was or is, man or woman he was or is. And the Weymouth translation is similar, verse 24 Although he has looked carefully at himself, he goes away and has immediately forgotten the sort of man he is. Now, the new creation man, unless he has made a careful study of what he is in Christ in the time of stress or crisis, will forget what manner of man he is. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hover here. And the reason is between the last two Sundays... And last Wednesday, tonight, and this coming Sunday, we're, we're really in the zone on answered prayer and progress. And uh, so I don't want to rush it. So uh, Sunday, a famous minister uh, posted a video. And when I get home, I hear about this from Sue because she, she was paying attention to something Austin was posting. A friend of ours, more of an acquaintance, uh, but he did a video uh, in front of all these empty seats last Sunday talking about how that the previous Sunday, Easter Sunday, all those seats were full, but this Sunday all those seats are empty and we won't see those people again until Christmas. But you have to understand this is all perspective. This is all a matter of how you look at things. Well, then the next day, this two days ago, Monday, uh, I get a report from the office. And uh, so this past Sunday, we were only two people short of the last Sunday of April 
2019 pre-COVID. Only two people short. Okay, now, I could have compared last Sunday to Easter and been blue and did a dumb video. But I compared it to the, the, the same Sunday, last Sunday of April, pre-COVID, 2019, and I thought, oh man, you know, we are skating at Faith Amen. Christian Center because we're only off two people. So a lot of this has to do, when you approach God, when you approach Father God, and, and we love that guy, he's a great guy, but I'm telling you, because I've been there and I've done it, the new creation man in the time of stress or pressure can forget what manner of man he is. The, the new creation in Christ, I'm talking about you and me, in the time of stress or crisis can forget what sort of man or woman he is. And this happens to us. It happened to Peter. They're in the boat and Jesus is walking by across the top of the water. And, you know, <laughs> Peter's just amazed. And Jesus said, well, come. And he stepped out of the boat. And you know the story. He, we don't know how many seconds he was uh, on top of the water, but he got his attention. He got his focus on the wind and the waves, and he began to sink, which by itself is a miracle because there's nobody here that's ever stood on water and began to sink. In other words, plunk, you, 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 don't, you don't begin to sink. You understand? That by itself was a miracle. Do you understand? And then the other thing is, don't be too hard on Peter because he did it. Even if it was a step or two, which beats us by a step or two. Amen? So this new creation man, unless he has made a careful study of what, of what and who he is in Christ... In the time of stress or crisis, we'll forget what manner of many is. So because of, uh, well, here's what happened to me last Wednesday. I got stumped a couple of times because as I was speaking, my spirit man was getting hung up on James 1.24 in the King James Version. But now I was going to read the NIV again. There's no point. So here at Faith Christian Center, when we're dealing with James 1, we're typically dealing with verse 22. Anybody that's been here more than 10 days knows this. But be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves. All right. But then it goes on, verse 23, for if anyone be a hearer of the word, I'm in the King James, and not a doer. For if anyone, and this builds, this is why you have to interpret the word by the word of God. Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So somebody could say, well, it's all about hearing. And it is. But now James, and who was James? He was the half-brother of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he, he was an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. But he served as a pastor. Oral Roberts used to talk about how Evangelists blow in, blow up, and blow out. Uh, Kenneth Hagin would talk about how that a pastor has to live with the results of what he teaches. And so James was a pastor. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass, for he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he is. So here at Faith Christian Center, when we're in James 1, we're typically dealing with verse 22, but be you doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. And last Wednesday, we focused on verses 23 and 24. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass, for he beholdeth himself and goeth away, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was or is. And... Uh, so while I was speaking, my spirit man was hung up on those verses because, frankly, they're not verses that I'm in a lot. But while I'm speaking last Wednesday, it was dawning on me how critical those two verses are because they tie in, of course, to verse 22. Now, in 1992, Kenneth Hagin 
In the Winter Bible Seminar, Kenneth Hagin did a message he called Days of Heaven Upon the Earth. And he must have liked that message so much, the title or the topic. All of 1993, Winter Bible Seminar was Days of Heaven Upon the Earth. So last Wednesday, I made a mistake because I'd just been looking at all this on my computer. I said that that message that changed our lives and was the watershed event of our lives financially was 1992. It wasn't. It was 1993. And we wrote that check. That check we showed you Sunday was February 23rd of 1993. So, and then also last Wednesday, I'm, I'm doing cleanup from last Wednesday. Also last Wednesday, I mentioned that on the way here, I had just been listening to a message of his in the truck. And then I, got, I lost track of my line of thought. And I think it was because of verses 23 and 24 in the King James Version. It just really riveted my attention. And what he was talking about is how we have to change our minds on money. It's just, it wasn't the message was on money. It was days of heaven upon the earth. But he was talking about how that if we'll follow, he tells the story of a vision. We're, try, we're, gonna, we're trying to get the video from them. I don't know if, if we can or not. But he, he's talking about a vision. And in the midst of the vision, as an aside, it's not what the vision was about, but just as an aside, the Lord Jesus told him that if his people would follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, he'd make them rich. Now, immediately, a new person might have trouble with this. Well, Isaiah 118 says, if ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. The which version is, version is it? If you will only let me help you. The New Living. The Living Bible. The Living Bible says, Isaiah, is it 18 or 19? One, eight, Isaiah 119. If you will only let me help you, if you will only obey me, I will make you rich. Now, the world I live in, I'm teaching on this, and I'm teaching on that, and I'm teaching on something else, but on occasion, they merge. And it all comes together in a few days. And that's where we are right here. Now let me take you back in time. The last Kenneth Hagin meeting we went to was uh, at Wally and Marilyn Hickey's church in Denver, Colorado. And it was different. Our friends generally we're not there and we get to dinner after and Austin says to me at dinner he said why how have you made this message work so well for you but when I look around the room I don't see that it's working so well for some of those other folks and this has been on my mind this is 20 25 years or whatever well part of it is tied up in the Easter message the message last Sunday the message last Wednesday the message tonight, and the message this coming Sunday. A few weeks ago on a, on a Wednesday, I mentioned the verse where Paul says, all things are yours. Stop bragging about Peter. Stop bragging about Paul. Stop bragging about Apollos. All things are yours. This coming Sunday is Oral Roberts. We heard it taught from him himself. Every miracle of God begins with a seed. And yet, in my spirit, man, this is all tied together with Peter. You understand the gospel of Mark is Peter. It, it, we should, have, it should have been called the gospel of Peter, but it's, it was dictated to Mark by Peter. So we got, we got Peter in Mark 4. We got James, the half-brother of the Lord Jesus Christ in the book of James. We got Paul, Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We got all this swirling around and I'm referring to Kenneth Hagin, but then this Sunday is something we learned from Oral Roberts. The point is, it all belongs to you. And I am so different than so many because if I learn something over the course of 20 years, I want you to get it in 20 days. I mean, why, why should you? I mean, this is like the great big USB download every Wednesday night. Because why should you stumble around out here for two decades? 
if, if I can share with you, and, and I'm like a spiritual Cuisinart, you know, in other words, I just take all this stuff and I just figure out how it all works together. And then through trial and error, I get there. All right. So then I got stumped on a story about BMW 5 Series for years. I drove a BMW 5 Series. They were great cars. I loved them, and they were fast. And, uh, and then I come home from one, a missions trip. That's where I got sidetracked. I come home from a missions trip, and there's a 7 Series BMW sitting in the driveway. And I go in the house, and what's this? Well, you deserve this. Well, I was just horrified. What if somebody sees that car in the driveway? You know. See, in other words, there was a period there where Sue was ahead of me. In her thinking. And, you know, I called the salesman, come get this car. Well, don't you want to drive it? No, I don't want to drive it. Come get this car. And uh, so I went from that to hog wild. You see what I'm saying? In other words, in other words, uh, you have to change your mind. And you have to change your mind about your body. You have to change your mind about health. You have to change... In other words, whatever area of life you want to live in victory, Amen. you have to change right. your mind. Amen. And this world out here is nothing but a snake pit of lies. That's right. Amen. The word of God is true and everything else is a lie. Amen. And that's why we have to change our mind. And a lot of what we're dealing with, a lot of these lies are actually prejudices. You know, the anti-success thing in modern American churches is a prejudice. The, and look, you, you need to prosper because I paid my own college bills selling cookware. Sue's college bills were paid by her father, thank God. I paid for all of Austin's schooling, all of Christina's schooling, but now they're going to they're going to forgive all the debt of all these people that went and got all these advanced degrees and it's $13,000 per household. So in other words, I paid for my college, Sue's dad paid for Sue's college, I paid for Austin bachelor's, master's, doctorate, actually two masters. I paid for Christina's bachelor's, I paid for Christina's masters and I paid for Derek's bachelor's and now I got to pay for Joe Schmo's a master's degree in gender studies that he, he or she or it cannot make a living using. Do you understand? So actually, man, you ought, to be, you ought to be like riveted by any message on success or prosperity. Oh, and then they're saying, I'm talking about lies. Tell your neighbor, he's talking about lies. So the press secretary actually says we're doing this to alleviate inflation. Look, Anybody with any critical thinking skills at all, anybody with a room temp, with a, an IQ above room temperature can see that all that money that was being directed to payments now is going to be used to buy iPhones and cars and, uh, you know, stereos or whatever. In other words, it's going to make inflation worse, but they're saying it'll make inflation better. We're doing this to help inflation. Basically, basically, whatever they're saying, the opposite's true. That's right. You know, it's kind of like Fauci and the CDC. If, if everybody should have just done the opposite. Uh, go outside, exercise, take vitamin D, carry on as normal. Because now, now there's a worldwide epidemic. This is heartbreak. There's a worldwide epidemic of hepatitis in children because of being locked down and wearing masks and not being around other children. Their immune systems are compromised. So there is a worldwide epidemic of immunocompromised hepatitis among children. But see, such a thing will never be heard here at Faith Christian Center or St. Paul's Preparatory Academy because... All these two years, those kids have been passing their boogers like normal. Amen. 
Amen. Amen. Listen, I'm telling you. We live in a, as Isaiah said, he said, I, I, am, a, I, I am a liar and I live in the midst of liars. He also said, woe to those who call evil good and woe to those who call good evil. And that's where we're living right now. So the way to forcefully advance, what is the series on Wednesday nights that we've been in for two years now? Faith and prayer. So the way to make your faith work in prayer is to get as aligned as closely as you can to the written word of God and stay right there. Now, related to all of this is we have to discipline ourselves. Now, we're talking about being a doer of the word of God. Let me go back and give it to you in the King James again. But be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves. Now, it was either 2018 or 19, Thursday and Friday night of that Holy Week revival, I talked about how to train the human spirit. And the way you train the human spirit is by believing, confessing, and most importantly, taking action on the Word of God. And I likened it to weightlifting. They call it strength training. They don't call it weakness training. They call it strength training. The only way you can build strength is by doing something. Well, the same thing is true with the human spirit, to train the human spirit. Because see, the Lord's telling me, for the sake of understanding, to not make assumptions about what you know or understand. So we go back to the garden. And God said to Adam and Eve, the day in which thou eat thereof, thou shalt surely die. So they ate of the forbidden fruit, but they did not die. They did not die physically. So was God lying to them? No. They did not die physically, but something in them died. And it was the human spirit. This is why Paul said that the man without the spirit does not understand the things that come from the spirit. The man without the spirit does not understand the things written in the word of God. It's like trying to talk to somebody that's not born again about spiritual principles. They just don't get it. They need to get saved to even begin to understand anything you're talking to them about from the Bible. Does that make sense? All right. So when you get born again, that dead spirit man on the inside of you is what is made alive. Not, not, not your body. Because that'd be cool, wouldn't it? If our bodies were made alive, well, we could get our hair back. Uh, you know, we, we could get our real teeth back. You know what I'm saying? In other words, that'd be cool, but it doesn't work like that. So what is made alive when we are born again? The spirit man that was dead or we could say dormant on the inside of us is quickened and made alive. But think about it. If you're 30 years old or 40 years old or 50 years old, however old you are, when you got born again, your body is 30 or 40 or 50 years old, but that spirit man is five minutes old. So you need to do something with that spirit man. You need to do strength training. And the only way you can do strength training with that spirit man is believing, confessing, taking action on the word of God. Then that spirit man gets stronger. Now, every time, Every time you choose to believe the Word of God, confess the Word of God, and take action on the Word of God, there is something that's going to oppose you. And it's not just Satan. Satan will oppose you, but Satan's easily dealt with once you understand the Pauline revelation. The thing that will oppose you is your own mind. And... Now, as I've gotten older, and there's some advantages to getting older, as I've gotten older, I have learned when to ignore completely my mind. When I was a younger man, there would be a battle between my mind and my spirit man. And this battle between the mind and between the spirit man is what hinders you from taking action on the Word of God. And this battle between the mind and the spirit man, if you lose that battle to the mind, 
This is what keeps you from taking action on the word of God. And this is what keeps you immature and weak and a baby Christian. Now, let me take you back to something you've heard a lot. So, it's, in other words, it's not like a, an example that I have to do a lot of explaining on. So, in 1997, I'm preaching a camp meeting for missionary Bud Sickler in Mombasa, Kenya. And he carried around a set of plans and a rendering. He, wanted, he had a vision, a dream, to build the largest church in East Africa on that island, Mombasa, in Kenya. And ministers made fun of him. Uh, for his vision and his dream because it was a big vision. It was a big dream. And the Lord stopped me. I'm out walking and praying on a, on a morning, February of 1997. The Lord spoke to me. He arrested me. This is a spiritual thing I'm talking about, not the mind, not physical. It's a spiritual thing. And he said the, the holdup is the roof. He said the roof's a half million dollars. That's the holdup. I didn't know it, but later I found out there was a man in Florida that was going to give the quarter of a million dollars for the concrete. I didn't know that at that point in time. The Lord spoke to me and he said, the holdup is the roof. He said, you don't think you can do it. This is the Lord life coaching me. You don't think you can do it, but I'm telling you, you can do it. Now listen, at that moment, in real time, there's a battle. Because I looked it up, if I remember right, in, in those days, January, of, January 31, 1997, if I remember right, we had something like $170,000 cash on hand in this ministry. So when the Lord comes along and he speaks to you, there's a battle. Because your spirit man wants to hear, and what is that called in the Greek New Testament? In the Greek New Testament, that is called a rhema Christos, a living word of Christ. Because the Holy Spirit, you understand, is not just a third person of the Trinity. He is the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ. In those three and a half years Jesus was on planet Earth, he was the God at work on the earth. But he's gone. The only God at work on the earth tonight is the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. He is the Spirit of Christ. He, you, you go to Revelation, he emanates from the throne of God. He is our shepherd. How in the world could God tell Moses? How could God tell Joshua? How could God tell us, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. When... There's so many of us. Well, it is the spirit of Christ emanating from the throne of God. And he is our shepherd. And he speaks to us. And he guides us. And he leads us. Now let's go back to the new creation in Christ. If you leave that new creation in Christ a babe, when the spirit of God speaks to you and challenges you and leads you and guides you, your recreated spirit man, the spirit in you, not the Holy Spirit, I'm talking about your human spirit is going to lose the battle to your mind. And the reason is because, so let's say you get born again at 30 or 40 or 50. If you get born, at, born again at 30 or 40 or 50, your mind has been operating for 30 or 40 or 50 years. But this recreated spirit man could be five minutes old. And if you don't go to pains to strengthen this new creation in Christ, this spirit within you, it's going to be weak and it's going to remain weak. And every time there is a, every time the Holy Spirit, which emanates from the throne of God, every time the spirit of Christ tries to lead you and guide you, and give you a rhema Christos, your spirit man is going to lose the battle in that moment to your mind because your mind has got 30, 40, 50 years experience operating, and your spirit man has been allowed to remain weak. 
and you're a babe and you're immature. So your spirit man is going to lose out every time. Am I helping anybody? All right. So, related to all of this, faith and prayer, answer prayer, being led by the Holy Spirit of God, this is a great message to look up. The truth In the Truth About Money series on Sunday morning, April 12, 2020, in a message I called, Nothing is Too Hard for the Lord, I rehearsed how the Lord spoke to me on the last day of a prayer retreat in a cabin in the woods on Wednesday night, February 28, 2018. Now, oftentimes the Lord, oftentimes the Lord will say to me, when I hear this phrase in my life, I pay particular attention. Oftentimes I will hear these words from that spirit which emanates from the throne of God. You don't even see how it works, do you? Because when I hear those words, and I've heard them several times, when I hear those words, I know he's about to life coach me and he wants me to get somewhere. Amen. For example, a couple of years back, I'm walking and praying in the morning. I get just past the red barn and he, he spoke to me. He said, you don't, even see it. you don't even see it, do you? I said, see what? He said, when Kenneth Hagin was alive, you loved him and you honored him and you honored what he taught, and you did what he taught. And he said, and so you walked in his anointing. But he said, he's been gone a long time, but you still love him, and you still honor him, and you still do what he taught. So he said, you still walk in his anointing. Now, the sentences I just uttered are the key to every millionaire in this church. Every one of them. I'm not going to tell you the key because you would say I'm self-serving. But in those sentences I just uttered is the key to every millionaire in this church. I look around the room and there's at least five here right now. And, and several of them, more than one million. Which one million today, look... If they keep printing money the way they're printing money, it's going to take a million dollars to fill your truck up with gas. So, moss, 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 moss. See, we, th- we think it's about this. We think it's about that. It is so simple. All of it is so simple. It's totally, absolutely, 100% about love. Amen. The last time, it was either the last time, maybe the next to the last time Summer was here. We were watching that in our theater room a while back. And I paused it and I told Sue, I said, you have never seen me act like that with another man ever any time. He was standing there talking and I had my hand on him. You never see that. But I loved him. He was my daddy. But boy, he stood in those two offices simultaneously, apostle and prophet. He was not to be messed with, but I loved him. He was my daddy. When we met Finest Jennings Dake, I was going to bring the Bible and I forgot. He wrote in our Bible, I think it is it 2 Timothy 3.16, uh, study to show thyself approved a workman unto God that needeth not be ashamed. Then he wrote his phone number. I never bothered him, but he wrote his phone number. He did the exact same thing in Sue's Bible, which Sue later gave that to Austin. Austin has that. But in those days, that's what I was trying to get to last Wednesday night when I was talking about how that I can see it like it was yesterday, standing there at Agape Force Ranch in Lindale, Texas, talking to Keith Green and Barry McGuire and Winky Prattney, a preacher out of New Zealand. That, I w- we were never in the Jesus movement, but we were like around it. 
And through the ministry of David Wilkerson, we were around it. But there was a love for God. Now listen, both Kenneth Hagin and Fred Price taught that this is old school stuff, that a man is no better than his word. If a, if a man's word is no good, that man's no good. And Kenneth Hagin taught, so <laughs> you can't question the word of God because if God's word is no good, that means God is no good. All right, so what has happened to the church in all these decades where the cool thing has been to have Bible-less sermons? Well, two things have happened. Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So with Bible-less sermons now, you've got entire churches, entire congregations, and they have no faith whatsoever. But the other thing that has happened is, see, God and his word are one. God and his word are one. I didn't put the reference in my notes. But go to John 1, 1. People have trouble with this, but it's right there. Let's tell your neighbor, all of this was there all the time. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Well, if you even just do a cursory study of the Bible, you find out that when Jesus comes back in the book of Revelation, comes back to planet Earth riding a white horse, he has a name written on him. And what is that name? The Word of God. So, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And critics will say, Oh, you're just trying to make the Bible God. No, we're not trying to do that because God already did that. See? In other words, see, I am only as good as my word. If my word is no good, I'm no good. If my word cannot be counted upon, I cannot be counted upon. God and his word are one. We know from the book of 1 John that if we pray according to his will... If we pray according to his word, he hears us. And if he hears us, we know that we have what we have asked of him because we have asked according to his will. We have asked according to his word. So my opinion doesn't matter. Your opinion doesn't matter. What I think doesn't matter. What you think doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is, and here's another thing, he, he, he's not going to change. That's right. He's not going to, I mean, he's not going to decide that he's Batman today and Superman tomorrow and, uh, you know, the goddess of whatever the day after. He is who he is. So if we're going to get along with him, this sounds so elementary, but people need to hear it. If we're going to get along with him, we have to change because he ain't going to change. And then what happens is you reach this beautiful place where... <laughs> where you just love him for who he is. You go out in the morning and, and you, 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 know, you see the stars and, you know, I wish I had studied more about the stars. I don't know that much about the stars and the moon and all of this. And how majestic, you lift your hands and you say, how majestic is your name in all the earth? You know, the young people are on their senior trip and they're looking at the Grand Canyon. God made that. You know what man made? The Bronx and Brooklyn. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So what, what God did is marvelous. What God did is beautiful. What God did is fabulous. Yes. Amen. Amen. All right. So in that message, I'm telling one of these stories. I mean, I'm laying there in bed on a Wednesday night, February 28, 2018. And he said to me, you don't even see it, do you? That my decision and Sue's decision, we were in agreement to give up work on Mondays because seminaries don't hold class on Monday. I was working all day Monday, all day Saturday, and then I worked uh, two or three nights during the week. And I was offered by the visitation pastor of the church where we were attending to, to go with him on Mondays to visit 
the sick, to visit the elderly, and to visit people in hospitals. Well, this was huge because Monday was probably a third of my hours. And we decided to give it. See, the, the secret to the whole thing was there in your Bible the whole time. Matthew six thirty three: seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given unto you. And so I gave up Mondays to go with that associate minister of the church we were attending while I was working on my master's degree to visit the sick in hospitals and old folks in nursing homes. And the Lord spoke to me that Wednesday night, February 28, 2018. He said that one decision. He said, you don't even see it, do you? He said that one decision at the beginning of your lives together set you up on this trajectory of blessing and prosperity and success. For you see, if we had not made that sacrifice, putting God's work first, God's work, God's mission, God's house, well then, when a staff position at that church opened up, I wouldn't have been hired for that staff position. It was my volunteering Mondays and doing the work. See, when the position came open because another guy faltered, no point going into that. That position opened up. I was the logical choice. If I had not gotten that staff position, we, wouldn't have, we would not have been able to buy our first house in August of 1978. If we had not bought that first house in 1978, we would not have been able to cash in on Jimmy Carter's inflation with a profit after ties of $20,000 when we sold that house to go be missionaries in Africa. And if we didn't have that $20,000 profit on that Jimmy Carter inflation on that house after ties, we wouldn't have had $20,000 to give pioneering Faith Christian Center. Now, now let me, let me tie into Sunday. Two Sundays ago, last Sunday, this coming Sunday, Mark 4, this is how the kingdom of God operates a man scatters seed. So that $20,000 We have not gotten this place appraised. I don't see any need to do that. But it has, we've got 16 million in it, but it has got to be worth $20 million. So $20,000 in God's economy has become over $20 million. This is what the kingdom of God is like, a man scatter seed. Now, let me tie back into last Wednesday. And let me tie back into James 1, 23 and 24 in the King James Version. Let me rehearse it again. I know you've heard it, but we need to keep hearing it. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass, for he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was or is. And then last Wednesday, I was rehearsing how that when, when we were growing up, it was all hymns. Then the Jesus movement came along, and people started writing scripture choruses, and that was great. But then somebody somewhere decided that that wasn't cool enough and then the music, the whole objective was not to sing the word of God. The whole objective was for the music to be cool. And then they did surveys and they discovered that unsaved people don't like to go to church and hear about tithing. Unsaved people don't like to go to church and hear about offerings. Unsaved people don't like to go to church and hear sermons with the Bible in them. Unsaved people don't like to go to church and hear, even if you sneak a little Bible in there, subterranean, they don't want to hear the reference because once they hear the reference, they know, well, you're talking about the Bible. <laughs> D-A-M-N. And so, and so, and so ministers around the world began to change and evolve. Tell your neighbor, he's going somewhere with this. So ministers around the world began to, to, to change. And listen, I'm all for change. And I'm all for cool. I like cool. 
So if there's a better color, I'm for it. If there's a, if there's a better fixture for a bathroom, I'm for it. If there's a way to save money on electricity, I'm for it. Uh, you know, we had a guy at the house today working on our fireplaces, and he said, you know, he said, I do this for a living. And he said, I have never in my life been in a house that had timers on fireplaces. And I said, well, sir, I said, I love my wife, but she has never turned anything off in her entire life. <laughs> so I, I said, we were in a hotel once, and they had two-hour timers on their fireplaces, and I thought that would be a great idea. <laughs> Amen. So it doesn't matter what's going on. I know at some point that sucker's going to get turned off. Amen. <laughs> so the point is, so I'm all for cool. That's why I left off. I'm all for cool. But I'm not going to give up the power. And the power is in the Word of God. And once you come to the conclusion that you don't want to hear it, what you have actually done without even knowing what you did is you have decided and declared that you don't love God. Because God and his word are one. And these preachers, to be accepted, to have numbers, to have money, to have success, have robbed God's people of faith, and they have robbed God's people of the joy. There's no joy. There's no joy. There's no joy. Amen. That's right. Right. Like loving God and knowing that he loves you. Amen. There's no joy like it. And frankly, this is what leads to power with God. I don't know how people miss this stuff. Jacob. When Jacob was introduced to Pharaoh, how in God's name, I know you watch, you ministers, you know, occasionally you let it out. You watch something. So I know you're out there. How did you miss it? You don't run to Washington to get blessed by Pharaoh. When, when Joseph introduced his father to Pharaoh, twice, Jacob blessed Pharaoh. Pharaoh doesn't bless Jacob. Who the heck is Pharaoh to bless Jacob? Come on. Jacob Come on. blesses Pharaoh. That's right. Then by and by, he prays over Joseph's sons. And then he pulls his feet up in the bed and he's gone. That's power with God. Amen. Not, not dying of some disease. Amen. That's right. Not being poisoned with remitosphere until they kill you and get their bonus money. That's right. But deciding. Yes. I think it's time to go. That's right. And you pull your feet up in bed and you cross yes. over. Amen. That's power with God. Amen. But it's all love. And so this whole thing of, I don't want to hear that, you know, I, this is all a rejection. See, when you reject the word of God, several things happen simultaneously, but you reject God. When you don't love his word, and this is what's missing in the church today, they don't love his word. I listen to some of these preachers and I, I can tell they're not reading the Bible. Because if they read the Bible, they wouldn't be doing what they're doing. And they're not praying, not to the one I'm praying to, because I'll tell you what, he is not bashful about correcting me. So they're, they're not reading the Bible. They're not praying. You know what they're doing? They're hiring consultants. What do people like? What do people not like? And they're running their churches 
like restaurants. I think I'd be a great restaurant owner, except there'd be no booze. Because I would care what you liked. You know, you want uh, 45 pieces of bread with that? Well, okay, you know. I'll charge you more, but okay. In other words, I would be, I I think I'd be pretty good at running a restaurant. I'd give you what you wanted, and I'd be a success. But this is not a restaurant. This is a church of the living God, and I will be judged. Can you see that? And not just that, not just that. I happen to love you. Third John 2, beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as what? Thy soul prospereth. See? And so I can't help myself. I come down here and I want you to be as blessed and as healthy and as wealthy and as happy as I have been. I can't help myself. Now, I drive away from here a lot, of, a lot of Sundays and a lot of Wednesdays, and I say to myself, tone it down. It's too much. They don't like that. But I can't help it. I come back the next Sunday. I come back the next Wednesday, you know. And, you know, somebody's been spending too much time in the Bible. Somebody's been praying too much time, too much time, too much time. And, you know, it just pops out because this is the, this is the system God designed to to heal us and to save us and to enrich us and to empower us and to allow us to walk in victory. It's here. It's not in the New York Times. It's here. It's not on TV. It's, and how about having a happy home and a happy marriage? And, and how about having children that, you know, don't look like Halloween is 365? You know, my kids... You know, we get the cutest videos and pictures on October 31st, but you know, that's once a year. Amen. It's not 365 days of weirdoism. Right. You know what I'm saying? Amen. And what the heck happened to everybody? Look, just because a kid dresses up like Superman, runs around the house like Superman, and thinks he's Superman does not make him Superman. That's right. <laughs> We could pump him full of drugs to help him feel like he was Superman. But guess what? That would not make him Superman. Amen. Or Catwoman or whatever. Although a lot of these women with plastic surgeries look like Catwoman. Let's not go down that path. Can you see how? Can you see how? See, and then you got Johnny come lately, Johnny come lately, hasn't, got, haven't, hasn't given God a bucket of spit, come on. Hasn't, hasn't even lived a moral life. Johnny come lately, wants to come along come and give me a one-star Google review <laughs> because we don't want drinks in the gym on our wood floor. If you knew what it cost, this is the same floor the NBA plays on. If you knew what it cost, you wouldn't, if, if, if you knew what this cost and it was in your house, you wouldn't want one. You'd be telling those kids, man, don't bring no drink in here. But, you know, Johnny come lately, ain't done nothing. Hasn't give, given God spit. Hasn't volunteered his time for anything hasn't done anything, hasn't lived a sanctified life, hasn't prayed an hour in his entire life and wants to come in here and judge us. We have to understand, we don't care. Because, Because the only review that matters is the one I get at the judgment seat of Christ. You see, now that one matters. But until that point, now, you know, we try and be nice and, you know, and and, uh, sure, we get it. You know, we live in the world. We're not of the world, but we live in the world. But we cannot gear our song services. We cannot gear our messages. We cannot gear any of that to making people happy. Because if you haven't figured it out, making people happy doesn't work anyway. Amen. That's right. 
I mean, we got a bunch of people here tonight. You could testify. You, whatever you did, that ex-wife, you couldn't make her happy. Ex-husband, you couldn't make him happy. In other words, there, there's a kind of a person. You just can't make them happy. Amen. All right. So why is all of this important? Why am I rehearsing it here? And I know I have to quit. Because what hung me up last Wednesday night was two things. Number one, forgetting what manner of men we are as new creations in Christ and following the leading of the Holy Spirit, taking action on the Word of God. And these two things are interrelated. And we live in a day now. And it makes me fearful. But we live in a day where ministers by the thousands have forgotten what manner of men they are. They're, they're, they're throwing back shots with celebrities. They're hanging out in hotel rooms, uh, unclothed with celebrities. Uh, they think that they're Elvis and that because they're famous, they can just sleep with a bunch of women. Uh, we got ministers drinking. We got ministers doing drugs. We got, man, they have forgotten what manner of man they are. You see, my job is not to be famous. I have no aspiration to be famous. Whatever I can do to make Jesus famous, I want to do that. But I have no aspiration, and I'm not a celebrity. And I have no right to do anything outside the parameters of, an, of a sanctified life. And if all of a sudden uh, 6,000 people showed up here in a, a Sunday or two or three or four, that would give me no right to live an immoral life or to start drinking or doing drugs or hanging out. And, and you have to understand that's why uh, we've had celebrities visit here, but they, none of them, to my knowledge, has ever stayed. You know why? Because I don't suck up to them. That's right. Why would I not suck up to them? Because I'm actually a doer of the Word of God. The book of James, this same author says, when a rich man comes into your church, show him no favoritism. And so... There's, there was a church down the road here, and they, they, they were big for a while, and they might have passed us for a while. And uh, one of the cowboys was going there on occasion. And, uh, but that, that church is gone. That pastor's in prison. Uh, there's nothing left of it. It's gone. I mean, I could stand here and tell story after story after story after story of churches that were momentarily big. And now they're gone. Because I'm here to tell you, this right here is the only thing that will stand the test of time. This right here is the only thing that you can count on. This right here is the only thing that we're going to be judged by. This right here. This is it. And when people don't love the Bible, they don't love God. That's right. And when they say, well, I want to hear it. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of these pastors, a lot of these ministers, they're like the rich man and the story of rich man and the Lazarus. And Lazarus. You know, he, he didn't have much. He did without. He, had, he, he lived a life of poverty. But they're like the rich man. And, and they had their accolades, and they had their fame, and they had their fortune, and they had their jets. But on that day, they're, they're going to say, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons? And he will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me. You evil doer. We, two things. We cannot forget what manner of man we are, what manner of woman we are. And according to James 1, 22, 23, and 24, that is directly related to taking action on the word of God. 
So if you wonder how Sue and I did what we did, it was very simple. We came up in a different time. We were not in that Jesus movement, but we were around it. We came up in that time, and we loved the Lord. Amen. And so when we saw something in the Word to do that we were not doing, we started doing it. If we ever came across something forbidden in the Word that we were doing, we stopped doing it. But the real juice is to go the next step. And that's what I was trying to get out of my spirit, man, last Wednesday. And that's why that sermon from February 25, 1993 was the watershed event of our lives because in 1991, we had experienced a wealth transfer following the leading of the Holy Spirit. You've heard me tell the story. I'm standing on a golf course. I look across the water and I said, like that, Lord, like that, but in Arlington, and in my spirit, not physical, in my spirit, I saw my car going up a road. So we had already experienced a wealth transfer through the leading of the Holy Spirit. And then hear this great man whom I loved. I loved. I, I learned more about the word from Kenneth Hagin than all the others put together. And he's talking about how Deuteronomy 28.8, God will command the blessing. There's a place in God. There is a place in God where he will command the blessing upon your life. But see, in every generation, different centuries that have gone by these 2,000 years, we don't all live in the same circumstances. We're not all married to the same person. We're not all married to the same type person. We don't all do the same thing for a living. And so... This wonderful, beautiful, glorious God has this thing called the Spirit of Christ, which emanates from the throne of God. And he comes out to us. And in your life, with your situation, in your life, with your circumstances, in your life, with your husband, and in your life, with your job, he, he does his best to lead us and to guide us and to shepherd us. Yes. But see, if we have an obstinate heart and an obstinate spirit and we're in the frame of mind of saying, I don't want to hear that, then we miss it all and we stay in the ditch. That doesn't mean people aren't born again. They're, they're, they're may, they, they may be his children, but they're broke. They may be his children, but they're messed up. They may be his children. He loves them. But what I want to communicate here at Faith Christian Center is you do not have to live a defeated life. Amen. And if you're here tonight and you're defeated, you do not have to stay defeated. Amen. Because between the written word of God and the leading of the Holy Spirit, which we call a rhema Christos, God speaking a living word to you by his spirit, you can follow this wonderful, beautiful shepherd of a God and he will lead you into a blessed place and a fat place and a healed place and a prosperous place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is the God that can speak to the valley of dry bones and make them a living army unto God. He is the God that can speak to the dead and they come from the dead. He is the God that can speak to something like leprosy and it disappears. He, there is nothing too hard for the Lord. But we have to love him. We have to have hearts that are open to his word. We have to have hearts that are open to his spirit for him to lead us and guide us. And we cannot have like those Israelites for 40 years crossing that desert. There's four sins, rebellion, sin, unbelief. I forgot the fourth one. It's in Hebrews 3 and 4. But we cannot have a rebellious heart and a rebellious spirit. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. I know people look at us and they think, I don't know what they think, but <laughs> this is all God. This is all God. This is not my smarts. This is, this is not me. This is not... 
this is not uh, something I can do. This is God. God did this. 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 Hallelujah. There are people sitting here tonight that were healed of cancer when I spoke to them or laid my hands on them. I don't know how many people here tonight were healed when I spoke to them or I laid my hand. I can't do these things. I can't do any of that. But God can. See, God can. Nothing. So no matter what point the devil has kicked you and got you to thinking you're defeated, I came down here to tell you tonight that the living Jesus wants to speak a living word into your life by the Spirit of God and lead you and guide you and show you what to do so you can be healed, so you can be restored, so your family can be restored, so that you can come up and pull ahead in this life and live a life of victory every day until we hear the trumpet blast and the three words from Father God come up hither. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.